This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Hello. <laughs> Good evening. Uh, it's wonderful to be here. Such a joy. I must say, um, the worship just always is, I don't know about you, but we could just do that. We could just carry on and do that. We can if you want to. <laughs> uh, just such a privilege. And I wonder why... Uh, those of you who are students, why are you still here? Are you repeating some subjects? Or <laughs> well, isn't <laughs> I thought <laughs> I'm so glad that I don't have to write exams anymore. So my my children ask me to help them with their work. Uh, three of them are already on the exam writing age, and um, mostly I cannot understand their work at all. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. And then I just tell them, you know what, I know I'm your mother, but I don't know this that you are asking me. And I did this already many years ago. Why don't you just ask God and just get on with it? <laughs> so that's how we do it in, in our house. Um, my husband does not agree with that approach. So when he's there, he helps them. <laughs> but he's clever, so he understands, you know. But I, I truly do not understand. I do understand the history, but that's basically the only subject that I understand more or less. <laughs> so, um, yes, that's uh, a lot of nonsense. I'll, I'll start with the serious stuff. Um, yeah, so it's very good to be here, and I, I, I'm just aware of the, the privilege that we have to worship without being persecuted. Um, we, must, we must realize <laughs> and, and not take it for granted. Um, you know, sometimes I... I I, I shouldn't say this, I don't know how to say it, that, it, that it sounds the way that I want it to sound, but you know, when there's persecution, the church suddenly has unity. <laughs> now, there's not persecution, when there's physical persecution, I mean, like torture and death, then suddenly the church has unity, and, and when there's, there's a, a lack of food, then also suddenly we have unity, whatever, and those days are coming. But as for now, we are not being persecuted, so we, we battle with our unity. <laughs> but <laughs> that is fine because we don't want the persecution. Um, and I am very grateful that we can come together like this and worship openly and, and that we can still do that. So anyway, I would like to share a word with you um, this evening, and I'm, I'm really trusting God that the Holy Spirit will work and um, that He will reveal to us His heart, which is obviously the only purpose for, for, for any and, and, and every sermon, um, regardless of the person who is bringing it. So I would like to speak about knowledge, and I would like to start with Exodus 3 verse 7. So we will look at a couple of Hebrew and Greek words, but do not for one moment think that I am a theologian and that I know all of this stuff. I just went and read this up. <laughs> I'm not all knowledgeable about the Hebrew and the Greek. I don't, I don't know that much, but um, we are going to look at it and, and just see the, the amazing 
powerful, how amazing, wonderful the Word of God is and how much we miss out because we don't really always get the message because it's been translated over and over so many times. And, and sadly, we lose so much of the Word of God just because of having to translate it. So let me read from Exodus 3 verse 7. And, and this, is, this is about Israel in Egypt when they were slaves and they were indeed suffered severely. They were tortured and they, the children were killed. And, and you, know, you know, I think many of you must have seen the prince of Egypt. Oh, is that very old? I just, sometimes I could really get it wrong. I think I'm also 25 and I forget that I'm almost 45. And, but I think <laughs> we, most of us know the story. And Exodus 3 verse 7, and the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. For I know, and that word know is a Hebrew word, yada, their sorrows. So God says, my people have been crying out to me. And, and, and first he says, I have, I've heard their sorrows. I've heard their cry. Thanks, Eugene. And then he says, and I know their sorrows. So I know with my children, which is always a wonderful example because, you know, you can always use them for so many, <laughs> so many examples. I know that I can hear them, but then I can also know. There's a, there's a difference. You understand what I'm saying? So, so it says, God says, I know their sorrows. Now, that word, yada, means a couple of things. Uh, one of the meanings is to perceive, to distinguish, to recognize, to acknowledge, to be acquainted with. But there's an interesting one. To know intimately as in sexually. So, the, the Word of God says, Adam knew Eve and she conceived. So, it's not like that today, hey? <laughs> when you know somebody, that doesn't mean that you had sexual intercourse with them. But this word, me, this word yada, refers to a very intimate knowledge. Now, we are all grown-ups in here, so allow me just to speak freely. You know, when there is sexual intercourse between two people, there is, it is extremely vulnerable, and it is extremely exposing. And there is not, you cannot be more vulnerable than when you are naked. Imagine we were all naked now. <laughs> that would just be extremely excruciatingly painful. <laughs> because we would be so vulnerable. And we, would, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to do that. And Adam and Eve had that privilege until they sinned. And then that was also gone for them. So we will never know what that is like. I'm so grateful for that. But the fact is that the Lord says, I know their sorrows in a way that a husband knows his wife or a wife knows her husband when they have sexual intercourse. So that is pretty, pretty intimate. <laughs> And this is the first thing that I want to speak about when we speak about knowledge. I want to say that 
the first thing that we need to understand about God is that he knows us in the most intimate way. And I have learned in my journey with God, and I became born again in 1995, so it's been a couple of years, but some people here, yeah, I've had a longer journey, and I respect that, and I, and I honor that. But I have learned that I can have all the knowledge in the world. I can have even all the knowledge about the Bible. And Shofar is a church that teaches and imparts a lot of knowledge. If you will agree with me, if you've been doing Bible school, if you've been doing foundations or encounters, even just in small group, there's a lot of knowledge made available. But the only knowledge that ever changed my heart was the knowledge that God knows me intimately. Because from that place, everything else comes. Do we all understand that? You know what happens to us when we try to live a life for God without this knowledge? We become religious. Anybody been there, done that? I've been there, done that. It's exhausting. It's, you, you become very tired. <laughs> you wake up for church on a Sunday morning and you think, oh, man, the last thing I want to do is go to church. <laughs> but when we understand this, it brings life and life in abundance, and it causes us to want to know him more. And it, that is why he says, I circumcise your heart. So I'm sure all the men are grateful that it's not it's the heart now. <laughs> that is why he says, I circumcise your heart, because it's a heart thing. And this is the gospel. You know, people don't want to hear all kinds of things. They want to know that they are loved. And, and they want to see it in our lives, representing Christ. We had, a, we had the privilege of having Pastor Henny Swart. Anybody know him? From Joburg, preached with us in Somerset West this morning. And he, 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 he said this, this, this funny, wonderful thing. He said his wife is Rochelle. So he says... You know, when I wake up in the morning, I don't look at my wife and go, are you still worthy of my love? <laughs> Will I still love you? He says, he doesn't do that. That's, that. That does not even cross his mind because she is his wife. It is a permanent relationship. They made a covenant. It is for life. So God comes and he says, this is a covenant. I am committed to your heart. And I want you to be committed to my heart. That is what marriage, by the way, is also all about. You need to always look for the heart. And this is a permanent relationship. And I know you. I know you through and through. I knew you even before you came into this world, even before you were conceived. And now I want you to know me. 
And you know, God is a mystery. We also read it in the Word of God. I'm sure if you have walked with Him for a while, you would have learned that. He wants to be known, so He wants us to seek Him. He doesn't just expose Himself. Have you learned that? But then there are moments. (laughs) Then there are wonderful moments when it is as if He is just exposing Himself. But, But the more we get to know Him, the more we fall in love with Him, especially during tough times. And the more we, we have this wonderful knowledge, the knowledge that covers every other kind of knowledge. I saw this, this, this short clip. It was a man that died. He was poisoned accidentally and he died. And he left his body and he, he went up to heaven. And, and there he found Jesus and Jesus showed him hell. And, and, and he's, he's completely traumatized by just having, having experienced a, a little bit of hell. But then he speaks about Jesus. And he was an atheist, by the way. <laughs> he was a, a confess. His confession was that he was an atheist when he died. And he had the amazing privilege to come back. <laughs> but then he speaks about Jesus. And he tries to describe Jesus. But he doesn't know how to because, you know, there are no words if you have seen him. And then he says, you know, he's like stumbling over his words. And then he says, but I felt like he he loves me only. I felt like I was the only person and all his love was just for me. And then after after his whole story, he gives this little dry laugh and he says, I'm not an atheist anymore. (laughs) That's his last sentence of his testimony of his story. But this was his testimony. I felt like I was the only one. He loved me only. And this is my first, and if you only remember this, then great, then this is worth it. This is my first encouragement this evening, is to seek and, and, and pursue this love. My desire is that we will all experience it. I cannot tell you how. We cannot really teach experiences. We can just share and pray. And this is my desire, that we will all have this knowledge, the greatest knowledge of all kinds of knowledges that there are on this earth. And that's the foundation for this word. Let me read the next scripture. John 8, verse 32, very well-known scripture. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. We all want to be free, hey? We all want to be free. Everybody that we know, we all want freedom. And the word know here is a a Greek word, um, ginosko. That's how I pronounce it. I don't know how the clever people pronounce it. And this is very interesting because this word refers to a, a, a couple of, if you can go to the next slide, a couple of things. But, but the one that I want to focus on is it means to come to know. To come to know. To gain knowledge by personal experience. This is the next knowledge. The next kind of knowledge that I want to speak about. And this is the knowledge 
that God is indeed, it's a cliche, but it's true. God is indeed good all the time, all the time. <laughs> he is always good. This is the knowledge which can only really be believed. Let me just focus on this. It can only really be believed if you experience it. If you don't experience it, it sounds like a bunch of nonsense, right? <laughs> Sometimes you look at your life, you see what happens. Perhaps someone close to you, you look at their lives and you think, no way is God good. Cannot be true. You know, there are lots of things that I don't understand about God. I always say this, maybe you've heard this before from me. <laughs> maybe many of you relate. Maybe you don't want to say it out loud, but now you can because it's been said <laughs> from the pulpit. There's more about God that I do not understand that what, than what I do understand. There's a lot that I do not understand. Luckily, there's a scripture that says, now we look in a mirror that is dim, like a cell phone that doesn't have reception. <laughs> and it's just blurry. <laughs> But one day it will all become clear. But this is what we need to do. We need to experience it. And you know what is the thing with this? No one else can experience it for you. True? No one else can experience it for you. I've tried. <laughs> I've tried to go on other people's revelations. It just didn't work. You and I need to see God, and we need to experience His goodness. You know, I remember my very first experience, my very first time when I learned that God is to be trusted. And this was in 1995, when some of you were just born, and perhaps not born yet, and then a couple of us were already <laughs> grown-ups by then. And I became born again, yeah, at the student church there on the corner, there near Meraki. What's, what's the Reinefeld Street, the, the NG student church. Mm -hmm. Kreiskerk. It wasn't Kreiskerk then. Sorry, guys. <laughs> and I, I became born again there, so I love that church. Whenever I see that church, I thank God for that church. I became born again there, and shortly after that, um, I joined Shofar, but just before I joined Shofar, and I was still worshiping then, and I'm so grateful that I that I was so I was so much in love with God. I was so overwhelmingly, uh, I just could not get enough of Him because I just had this revelation of a great God that that loves me. So so there was this this big worship slash um, concert event. Uh, where lots of Christians was going together and we were going to worship together and there would also be some performances. And at that stage, I was hungry for worship. And all I wanted to do was worship together with other people because I was a young, new, fresh Christian. And I wanted to go to this thing, but I did not have the money. <laughs> I can't remember. It probably was... 25 years ago, something like 20 rand or something, but I didn't have it. So I, I was just full of faith, and I said, God, if I know that you want me to go, because I want to go, and I want to worship you, and will you provide the money? And, and this was approximately the Monday, and the concert was the Friday evening, 
So I was waiting, literally waiting for this money to fall from the sky or just disappear in my handbag or something. So Monday comes, Tuesday comes, Wednesday comes, Thursday comes, no money. Friday morning, I wake up fairly depressed, <laughs> feeling downcast. And I say, God, so I thought you would give me a ticket. I really, I really thought you would give me a ticket. I really wanted to go. And now I'm, now I'm not sure about anything anymore. And I went from my, <laughs> I'm a bit radical in my, it's still a problem. It's still a problem. And I, I, I went to the Nielsen, and then I was just walking there. Uh, having to do something there. And that was about three o'clock in the afternoon and the concert was that evening. And, and a girl came up to me and she said to me, aren't you there in church with me? And I didn't recognize her, but I said, yes, I, I worship there. And she said, you know about this concert? I said, yes, I know about it. She said, I've got this ticket and I can't go anymore. Now I saw you here and I know you are also in church. Would you like this to have this ticket? <laughs> and I burst out in tears and, and I... You know, and, and it was a small thing, r relatively, in the bigger scheme of things. But it was my first experience that God is good. God is to be trusted. And I had many experiences after that. And very often I was disillusioned. And, and everybody here that is a bit older, or you don't even need to be older, will know that sometimes we believe, we really believe something, we really, and it doesn't work out. But I, 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 I came to, I arrived in my life to a place where I know I can never turn my back on God. I can, I have too much proof. I have too many testimonies. You know, and, and, and fairly recently, I was very, very disillusioned for, for some reasons. And I sat with my husband, and I was just crying and crying. You know, husbands need to have so much patience, and God bless you all. You know, and he was just waiting for me to finish the crying and the crying and, and, and to, to finally speak. So he just sat there and rubbed my back and waited patiently. I think he was tempted to go onto his cell phone, but he didn't. <laughs> you know, because... It's very difficult for a man if the wife is just crying and crying, and you've had this for 20 years already. But anyway, there's so much love there. And uh, finally, I spoke, and I, I said to Anton, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so angry at God, and then I, I, I so want to just now not, you know, I don't want to worship him today or tomorrow, perhaps, you know, in a couple of days again, because I'm, but I'm, I, I, just, I can't not, because there's just nothing else. And, and, and the, uh, there are too many experiences, and it's not possible to walk away from him. And let me tell you my most recent experience. This will, you, will, you, you might uh, find this very encouraging, perhaps, for yourself. Let me tell you m my most recent experience. And this is not an not a everyday experience, but, you know, sometimes God just surprises us in ways that we could never expect. So, so... We needed a new car, our family. We, we own a house and we have some, we're not managing to sell the house in Pumalanga and it's, it's quite a battle. And long story short, we need a new car, not able to buy one right now, but our car keeps on breaking and it's becoming a big problem. And for four, for five years now, I've been 
I've been saying to God, can you not see, Lord? <laughs> can you look down from there up there in heaven and see that our car broke again? <laughs> Lord, what, what should we do? And, and, and I just kept on saying, okay, I, God, I trust in you with all of my heart. I trust in you. And then I had a phone call on Friday from a very um, precious person in my life that I love very much, a family member, and she said, uh, are you busy this afternoon? And I said, well, yes. She said, cancel all your plans. I'm coming to pick you up. And we went to the Toyota garage in Somerset West, and there was a huge Toyota Rush. Do you know what that is? With a big uh, ribbon around it, brand new, 300,000 rand, and it's mine. <laughs> You know, and I, all I wanted to do there, I should have done it, but I didn't do it. I wanted to go on my knees and just start with a worshiping session, never mind even looking at the car. Just start with a session of two or three hours of worship unto the Lord. Because He's so faithful. And there's so much that He wanted us to learn during this journey of battling and let me say this, never, ever, ever despise the battles and the sufferings. Embrace it. It serves a purpose. And you know, now we get into that car and my little eight-year-old, <laughs> you know, the car that we have before this one is really old. So my eight-year-old is, is really enjoying this car, Caleb, he's a boy. So we stopped at the spur, and he got out of the car, out of our new fancy high big car. And there was a little small car next to us, and he got out of the rush, and he looked at the small car, and he said, What's the old eenvoudige karakie is it now here? And I, I just said, let, let's, we will go home and just have some, some time together just to, to discuss this. <laughs> that was just on, on the sideline. Um, and, and, and when we look at, at, at this, this word, ginosko, it speaks about an inception, a progress, and attainment. There's a time when we become born again, when we change completely, when we get a revelation of the love of God, and then there's a progress, and we come to know. And that experience that experience, that is the thing that brings us higher and higher and higher to the place where Paul was in prison, in shackles, saying, God, all I want in this life is to know you. There's nothing else that I want. Let me carry on. I'm going a bit slow. I'd like to read from Malachi 2 verse 7. For the lips of a priest should keep knowledge, and people should seek the law from his mouth, for he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. Now that knowledge refers to understanding, intelligence, wisdom, discernment, and skill. Now let me read you another scripture from Isaiah 4 verse 6. 
My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I will also reject you from being priest for me. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, and I will, I will forget your children. Again, that word da'at, which refers to another kind of knowledge. Now, let's just quickly speak about the fact, and this is also a well-known scripture in all charismatic, happy-clappy churches. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. You know, there's more knowledge now than there ever has been available to the world. And, and, and your generation, the, the, the bigger part of you, not everybody here is, is, is my generation or older, but, but your generation, you sort of grew up into this. We didn't even, you know, when I was at university here in Stellenbosch, we didn't, um, there was nothing like Google. And there was no, there were typewriters. There was no laptops or, if you wanted to be on a computer, you had to go to the place where the computers were, and they were always full. There was never one available. And, and then you had to write your assignments, and somebody typed it for you. Anybody that still did that? <laughs> we are few and far between. <laughs> and now there is so much knowledge. And this is the thing. We are consumed by the wrong kind of knowledge. We are consumed by the wrong kind of knowledge. You know, I have a lot on my plate, and, and, and most of us do, um, especially when you, when you are not a student anymore. I know you think you have a lot on your plate, and you do, but, you know, there's a lot more coming once you work and you start a family. It's, it's, it, it will get worse, just preparing you. <laughs> And, you know, I have, I have a husband, I have five children, I work, I have a smallish budget <laughs> that I have to work with. Um, I have a lot on my plate. And, and, and the one day I was sitting on Facebook, and I just heard the voice of the Holy Spirit telling me, um, there's no space in your head for all of this knowledge. And you are wasting the space that there is. And you are gaining the wrong knowledge. You don't need to know with your 1,000 Facebook friends, and I don't even know half of them. I honestly do not know who they are. You don't need to know whenever they had a baby or they got married or they got a new car or they got a new cat or the cat had babies. You don't need to know all of that. <laughs> and the cake that they baked and the food that they cooked and the wonderful holiday that they had at on the island. You don't need to know all of that. It's not helping anybody. You are wasting your time. So that was what God said to me. Allow me to say this to you this evening, young people. You are wasting your time. Can you receive that from me? You are wasting your time. And time is a gift from God. And there's only so much space in your head. There was someone, his name is Brad Huddleston. I don't, some of you may know about him. He speaks about digital cocaine. And he said, he had a talk and we were there. He said, most of you are sitting here. Who of you are in church? Everybody, mostly Christians that went to listen to him. He said, you are all in church. Great. He says, who of you have children? Most of us have children. He said, 
be honest with me. Do your, chi your child, your children, do they know more about Superman, Spider-Man, and Black Panther or Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? So I went home. <laughs> and I sat with my children and I said to them, who was Matthew? And the one said he built the ark. I said, who stayed at the cross when all the others fled? No, nothing. Who's Black Panther? Man, there's not a thing that they do not know. That day, something's changed in our house, eh? <laughs> and it's not nice for them. <laughs> but this is the reality. This is our reality. And I am, st I, you know, sometimes I feel like the prophets in the Old Testament who went and they just screamed out, they shouted out all the word, you know, to all the people. Like those people that say the world will end tomorrow, those kind of people, you know. That's not true because nobody knows when the world will end. But what we do know is we are wasting our time on a bunch of nonsense. And God is not happy with that. We still from ourselves, the blessings that God wants to shower us with because we choose to spend time on Facebook rather than with Him. And I'm not, I'm not bringing condemnation. I'm not bringing condemnation. He just wants us to be delivered from that social media demon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I am also on Facebook. Oh, now you are all going to look for me there. But I'm hardly ever on it. <laughs> hardly ever on it. Okay, let me read to you. I'm almost finished. A very, very amazing scripture. Another kind of knowledge from Exodus 31 verse 3. Oh, no. Let me find it here in my Bible. It's not just verse 3. Sorry. It's not there, but I am reading from I'm reading from verse one. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, See, I have called by name Bezalel Bezalel <laughs> that person, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship, to design artistic works, to work in gold, in silver, in bronze, in cutting jewels for setting, in carving wood, and to work in all manner of workmanship. I love this scripture. God says there's a man with a very strange name. <laughs> And I have filled him with my spirit to make jewelry, to be artistic. I love that scripture. Why? Because every single one of you and me, all of us, God has filled us with his spirit to do something specific. That's amazing. 
And when we do that thing, people will come to Christ as easy as that. That is our anointing. That is what we are good at. And this is a knowledge that we each one of us need to find out from God. You know, I cannot make jewelry and I cannot, I'm not artistic. <laughs> God did not fill me with his spirit to be artistic and to carve. Anybody who is filled with God's spirit to do that, please raise your hands. Hi. Well done. <laughs> I want, to, I want to ask you this evening, go and find out what is that thing and do it. And don't allow people to criticize you or put you down. Do that thing. <laughs> it will bring people to salvation. I cannot tell you how. I cannot tell you when, but I can tell you there's an anointing on every one of us, every single one of us. If there's only one thing that you can do, there is something. Find out what that thing is. Ask God about it and do it unto his glory. There's a gifting that God placed inside of you. And you know what? Sometimes in the church, we squish each other. We shouldn't do that. God is, God, God, there are so many aspects. There are, there's, God is more than we can even know. And he, put, he, 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 he did put bits of himself in all of us. And we need to find that thing and we need to pursue it. Because you can have something and you can be good at it. But let it be for God's glory. I promise you it will be different. I promise you. It will be different. It will multiply. It will go big. It will, its influence will be far-reaching. You know that song that says, I don't know if you learned it as a child. I'm sure many of us did. Um, all the Afrikaans children. Jy en jou klein hoekie en ek in mijn. Laat ons skyn vir Jesus. Uh, you in you you in your little corner, and I understand that it makes sense to a child, but there are no little corners with God. He speaks about mountain tops. He speaks about he doesn't there are no little corners. But we need to find a thing and then we need to be bold. We need to just step out and do it <laughs> and trust him. You know, when the Word of God says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart, that's not so easy, is it? It's not so easy. So what will God do sometimes? He will take everything away so that you will have no choice, no other option, like me with the car. God, the car's broken, and I have no other op option. What must I do? Trust in me, says God, with all of your heart. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Find that thing and pursue it and ask God to bless it and ask God to grow you in that thing. For some of you, it is to cook. Do it as unto the Lord. For some of you, it is to go to the hospital and to just rub the feet of the people and pray with them. Do it. <laughs> Find that thing and do it. Satan will do whatever he can to squish you. He will do whatever he can to stop you. Do not allow him. God has called you. He has called me. I'm going to end. 
with two scriptures. I would like to read from Proverbs 18, verse 15. The heart of the prudent acquires knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. It is not the knowledge of this world. It is the knowledge of God accessible to all of us. Accessible to all of us. That is the knowledge that we need to find. The only knowledge that you and I need is that which is applicable to our calling. You don't need to know anything about anything else. You know, sometimes people try to do name dropping with me and I have no idea because I don't know anybody, I don't know any rugby players or cricket players or celebrities. I don't know who they are. I don't care what they do and don't do. <laughs> I don't need that knowledge. I only need the knowledge that I need for the thing that God is calling me to do. And then I will fulfill my purpose. And you will fulfill your purpose. If you have the knowledge that you need for your life, do not be intimidated by other people's knowledge. It's not for you. It's not for me. Find out. Seek it. Can we go to that next slide? I think it's the next one. The ask one. Ask. Always seek knowledge. Ask God. God says you do not have because you do not ask. You ask for the wrong things. Ask him. Ask God. Ask him. Keep on pressing in and asking him for the knowledge that you need for your life. And your life is not for you. Your life is not for you. My life is not for me. You will learn that quickly when you get married. And when you have children, you will learn it even more rapidly. <laughs> but it's not just for you, your own. It's not even just for your husband or your wife or your children or your family. It's the calling is greater. It's bigger. Even if you just influence, even, you know, it's, you know, I, I always think, Reinhard Bonker, do you know who that is? He had a mother who prayed for him because she understood his life is not just for him and for them. Those prayers launched him into his ministry. I have to end. I'm going to read from Isaiah 11, verse 1 to 5. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse. And a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit, this is Jesus, it's, it refers to Jesus. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight is in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. I'm going to end with this. God is calling us to a knowledge that is much deeper and goes much further than what we can see with our eyes and hear with our ears. And the same knowledge that was available to Jesus is available to us. We are not perfect. We are growing in it. But it is there. It is available. Let's take it. How? 
by spending time with him. By spending time with him. And that is different for all of us. It's different for all of us. I do not get up every morning at five o'clock to pray and read my Bible. I don't manage that. I've tried. I can't do it. I do it in other ways. Whenever I go to the toilet, I read the Bible. <laughs> it's the one place where nobody bothers me and asks anything from me. <laughs> I don't know how you do it, but seek him. Cry out to him and be brave. You know, God does not take that step for us. Have you learned that? He, he gives us everything that we need, and then he says, now you go. And if you take that first step, I am with you. If you fall, I reach out. But I'm not going to take that step for you. You need to take that step. Amen. Can we stand? Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.